if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 445, hymn 445, praise him, hymn 445, praise him. After we sing this hymn, we'll have an opening prayer, hymn 445, praise him. We're so grateful to be back in the church this afternoon. Lord, be with the preacher this afternoon as he presents his uh, sermon on the running man. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds to your word. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And we should praise him because everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Amen. Hymn 288. Hymn 288. Everybody ought to know. Hymn 288. Hymn 288.
Northern Central Park Baptist Church afternoon service. You may be seated. Thank you so much for coming back to our 2 o'clock service. We're glad that you're here today. Make sure that, there, that the, the gentleman over here in the blue shirt, he's a new visitor, first time here. He's got a twin brother that comes around from time to time. Make sure you greet him. <laughs> That's good. Amen. All righty. Don't forget about soul winning this Saturday, or this Saturday at 930 in the morning. I want to encourage folks to be a part of that. The Valentine Banquet is this Friday, and I noticed a number of people signed up after the morning service, and so uh, it's at 6.30. If you haven't signed up yet, please sign up so that they know exactly how much food to make uh, for that banquet. And then uh, don't forget about ladies and men's Bible study tomorrow night at 6.45. One of our visitors, I thought it was wonderful, came up to me and said, uh, can I come to the ladies' Bible study? And the answer is yes, because you don't have to be a member of right. our church to attend any Bible study. Amen. Right. Right. You can come to every service, every Bible study. It's for free, no charge. Amen. Just come. Amen. And right. you don't have to be a member. Uh, then uh, Feb mark your calendar February 19th. February 19th, we'll be having a, a teachers and workers meeting right. following our evening service. Right. That's February 19th. I think that's Super Bowl Sunday, so people are going to show up for it. Now, I mean, uh, unless they got their television. I'm, I don't know. I'm just joking. I don't even know when the Super Bowl is. Are they having one this year? It's the 12th? It's next week? Oh, wow. Anybody I know? Anyhow. Uh, but it's uh, that'll be on the 19th, February 19th. Also, please sign up for the quilting show out on the bulletin board. Preacher? Yeah. Super Bowl Sundays whenever, and I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they got a little box that records all that stuff, all right? So um, if you want to watch it, just record it. Uh, if you need something to help you commemorate that, talk to Brother Frank. He's got some great socks that he'll, you know, he may even loan them to you. Will you loan them? Well, if just ask him about it. He'll show them to you. He's real proud of them, all right? Uh, so, uh, but I like them because I like I like those kind of socks, you know. So anyway, but uh, please don't be. Sign up for the uh, banquet. We need you to sign up. I think there's about 12 or so that sign up, or 14, something of that nature. But the more folks that sign up, the better time you're going to have. Amen. So y'all come. Be an encouragement to our young people, okay? And uh, But that's just this Friday. And, and again, let me reiterate uh, tomorrow evening is our men and ladies Bible study, so please be here for that. Um, men, I want to tell you, and ladies, that for the, uh, remember we talked about yesterday how uh, that going out during this time of year, sometimes folks think that going out like that don't really make a difference. It makes a huge difference when we go out and do flyers. Even if we do that when it's cold, you say, well, how do you know? Because the lady that came this morning, Miss Marilyn, who was a visitor, told me, I came because somebody put a flyer on my door yesterday. Amen. Ye yesterday. Amen. And she's looking for a church home. Amen. So uh, listen, I'm telling you, God just simply said go. That's right. And he had given the increase. I want to encourage Amen. you. It does pay off if you go. And Amen. so uh, I'm thankful for all of our folks that are involved in our Saturday uh, visitation soul winning program, whether it's the folks that go or whether it's the, the ones who st stay here and make sure that we have the material in the right place so that uh, you guys can go and put them on the door. So I'm 
I'm very appreciative of that. So please, thank you. Brother Robbie. Amen. Not only that, but I think that's why Brother Ron and Miss Anita are here, because somebody put something on their door. Is that right, Miss Anita? So, I mean, listen, God's good. Amen. 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 And I'm, I'm thankful for that. So please, you come, go. Uh, and in, in fact, I won't preach that. Me- I'm gonna have to get that message out and preach it too, <laughs> that I preached yesterday. And um, but anyway, but God's good, Amen. and so I want to encourage you to be be a part of that. All right. Well, let's have a let's have our offering, and uh, may the Lord bless you today as you give, dear Father. I'm thankful again for our day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, our the uh, faithfulness of our people who are back this afternoon. Lord, I pray and ask you, God, please just move in the hearts of all of our people, God, for uh, to be faithful to your house. Uh, God, uh, it, there's just something about, as you said in your word, the assembling of ourselves together, Lord, that, uh, God, that we receive just simply by being faithful to the place where you've called us to meet together and worship. So, Lord, I'm thankful for our folks that are here. Bless them, Lord, tonight and uh, this afternoon. Bless the offering today as well. And bless the gift and the giver. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Wonderful. Hey, man, hymn 58, hymn 58, if you're able to rest upon your feet. We're actually going to sing about that. Hymn 58, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Hymn 58, hymn 58.
know that surely goodness and mercy should follow us all the days of our lives. Amen. Hymn 207, hymn 207. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. At the conclusion of this hymn, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for our afternoon special. Hymn 207, surely goodness and mercy.
sorrow for a while and things of birth that cause the heart to tremble remember there we only bring a smile but until Korean folks sing another song here, don't we? They do a good job. So, Brother Wujin, would you, you have to work on that. He's not paying attention on, on the Korean folks maybe singing another special. All right, all right, good. Exodus chapter 2. While you're turning, anybody like to give a testimony? Brother John, you're standing up. <laughs> yeah. Amen, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Somebody else? Now, if you are standing up, I won't pick on you too much, okay? Somebody like to give a testimony? We don't do this very often. All right. Exodus chapter 2. You know, if you, I was going to say, if you give testimonies, I won't preach as long. But, I'll, you know, since you didn't give testimonies, I'm not going to say it. Y'all don't believe that anyway, do you? I didn't think so. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, let's, uh, in fact, let's begin verse 11, all right? Found your place, say amen. amen. And it came to pass. One thing about God, everything comes to pass. Amen. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out of the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him, That did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedest the Egyptian? His looking around didn't do too good, did it? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Uh, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but 
Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that thou are, how is it that ye are come so soon today? You get what's going on? How did you get back so soon? Well, Moses helped them. And the way he helped them is he kept these other guys from getting in, from making them do all the work. We'll get to that in a minute. And they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds. Well, he ran so fast out of Egypt, he still had on all of his Egyptian clothes. Uh, he said, and the hand of the shepherd, or helped us out in the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters and where is he? And why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. And she bare him a son. And he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by their reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and uh, with Isaac and with Jacob and God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them dear father I pray God that you'd please Lord anoint the reading of your word bless it Lord and I pray God that you'd help us to glean from your word this afternoon God some things about Moses life that will help us and encourage us God in the day in which we live Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, a couple of weeks ago in the last lesson about Moses, when we, uh, we, we found he, remember, tried to uh, settle a dispute between two Hebrew brothers. And, uh, and remember, he, after he'd killed the Egyptian and when he tried to settle this dispute, we found that his sin was known and that, that others knew that he had killed that Egyptian man and and so I, I think about this, and, and you know, we learned this in, this morning, you, you reap what you sow, and we find that Moses reaped the results of his carnal fleshly nature. And by the way, and so will you and I. But listen, just as that verse, we use that in a negative context many times, it also works in the positive. If we sow to the spirit of the spirits, we shall reap, Amen. But if we sow to the flesh, the flesh will reap. So, but Moses, if you look in verse 14, he reaped the results uh, of his carnal nature and he reaped a ruined testimony. And as a result, his help was rejected. In verse 14, it says, And he said, Who made, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me and as thou killedest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. And he reaped the spirit of fear. Uh, he couldn't uh, show his face around his people anymore without shame, ridicule, or, you know, the, the fear of, because of giving in to this flesh. And uh, he reaped a life of separation and of alienation from his family and people. And, and as a result of that, Moses lost everything. Listen, when we give in to this flesh, I'm telling you, it'll cost you. No matter what we do, if we give in to the fleshly things in our fleshly carnal nature... If we try to handle a spiritual matter in a fleshly way, it will always cost you. And we can all say amen. But notice what happened to Moses. He ran. And I guess that's where I got that, uh, the running man. And that's what Moses became. He took off to Midian. 
Midian is south of Moab or south of Palestine. It's out in the middle of the desert or, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, if you will. When I thought of that, I thought, man, alive. Is Kermit out that way, you know? I mean, because Kermit, is, it's out in the middle of the desert, you know? And, but it, 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 when he goes out there, you, you read and if you study about Midian, listen, there was very little water. Uh, there was, and there was very little land or pasture to, to uh, you know, to feed these sheep that he's about to run into. I mean, life was rough and hard. And it's a whole lot different than the life he had been living in the palace. Right. I mean, he had servants. Think about it. He spent, he spent 40 years in the, in, in the Egyptian palace. Everything was given to him. I mean, he had a life of uh, O'Reilly, so to speak. Everything was just smooth as silk. But now he's out in the middle of the desert. And, and by the way, the Midianites, if you go and read in Genesis chapter 25, they were descendants of Abraham. And even though the Midianites were mostly condemned in Scripture, think about this, Moses found refuge and found acceptance from these Midian people, Midianite people. And it's an encouragement to, find, to read this when you think about it uh, because God can provide for his own in places that seem very unlikely for us to receive any help or any sustenance from. And for example, God provided food for Elijah uh, from an unlikely source. Uh, a bunch of ravens brought him food. He also, God provided Elijah through a poor widow woman. Christ provided money for a temple tax. You remember, the, uh, the, he told the disciples, listen, if you'll go out here and look in that fish's mouth, <clears throat> you'll find a coin, and you can go pay our taxes. When I thought about that, I thought, you know, if we want our offerings to be better, guess what? We just need to go fishing. Because Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you. Amen. Listen, if we, if we want things to be better here at Central Park, then we just got to go fishing because God provides through people, and, and he did that with his temple tax. Uh, it's not the means, watch this, of, of our supply that we need to focus on so much, but it's the, the one, the master who provides for us. I'm thankful that God said in Philippians 4.19 that he would supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So... Using unexpected means gives more glory to, the, to our master supplier than it does to the supply itself. Then notice what happens in verses 15 through 17. Uh, it says in verse 15, Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses when he heard about him killing this Egyptian. But Moses fled from the place of Pharaoh, dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. You know, it's sure funny when Elijah ran off, he sat down. And had him a pity party. It says, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. You know, and I thought about that. I thought, you know, chivalry wasn't dead back then either. Moses stood up. I mean, Moses discovered in Midian, as all of us do, that, that no matter where you go, listen, you're going to find injustice. It's not just confined to one place or another. Listen, injustice is everywhere. And on this side of heaven, there is no place where evil will not be found. No place. And the sad thing about it is, if we're not careful, it can be found in the church. That's why we must be careful and diligent about 
about the things that we allow to take place here in Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Moses saw the injustice uh, here. I mean, he saw it in Egypt, and now he sees it here in Midian. And his reaction to it was to try to help those that were being mistreated. Uh, He tried it in Egypt. But he, it was unsuccessful. I mean, they, it wasn't God's timing, and he took care of it in the wrong way. And, uh, and so now we see here in verse 17, he tries it again. It says, Moses stood up and helped them. Now watch this. Moses, in character, was a helper. Uh, and this is the kind of person that I like to be around. I like to be around the people who want help. Uh, amen. Are y'all still here? Say amen. I mean, I like to be around people... Uh, who want to help. Moses was this kind of person. This is the kind of person that, you know, uh, uh, that has a servant's heart. Some, uh, some show up, and you know, and then some show up to help. Yeah. Amen. Uh, some show up and kind of impede progress rather than encourage it. Uh, some folks are just takers. I mean, I mean it's a reality. Uh, some are takers, I mean, but some are givers. Some, um, you know, have a burden. Some are a burden. Yeah. Amen. I mean, but, but Moses was a helper. And uh, those are the kinds of folks we need at Central Park Baptist Church. We need helpers. We, we don't, you know, I mean, there's going to be folks that, that show up. I, I was kidding Brother uh, Wujian and Brother Elias the other day. And I said, well, look at there. Blister shows up. And they looked at me, and I said, Blister, what do you mean? I said, Blisters always show up after the work's done. Amen? Well, some folks are just blisters, amen? When the work's done, it's like after they, after they see the, the last chair being put up or the last table being set, oh, wait a minute, let me help you with that. No, wait a minute. I, I like to get people in on the front side of that, amen? It, well, Moses was that kind of guy. He... He, he stood up and he helped them. But no, notice again that word stood. That word stood tells us more than Moses just getting up and rising to his feet. It also lets us know that Moses was a man of conviction. He stood for fairness. He stood for kindness. He stood against the evil shepherds who were mistreating these seven girls. And if you look there, it says, uh, uh, he said, and the shepherds came and drove them away. Listen, sometimes there's people going to do that, and, and, and there's some folks that just need somebody to help them out a little bit. Somebody with some convictions about standing up for what is right. Amen. Amen. So Moses stood up against these shepherds to, uh, to help these girls, and, and these evil shepherds, listen, they, what would happen, they wouldn't wait. They, these girls would draw water for their sheep, and then these evil you know, wicked men would come in there and run them off and then use the water that they drew for their sheep for their own. So it took them twice as long. Once, they, once these evil shepherds showed up and once they, the girls drew the water and they, these guys, they took advantage of them and they had watered all their sheep, then they went, they went on their way. They didn't do any work at all. They just enjoyed the, the bounty of some other people's work. Kind of reminds me of a hitchhiker. Back in the day when I hadn't had my driver's license very long, I, I can remember driving back and forth from uh, Kermit area uh, to Abilene or somewhere like that and 
And I saw a hitchhiker once, and you know, and I picked up a few guys to help them out a little bit. Man, he was, he was glad to get in my car. He wrote in my car that I paid the insurance on it. I paid the gas for it. I, I paid to, to keep it up, you know, updated to where the air conditioning would work in the heat of the summer. He had been out there. Listen, I'm telling you, back in those days, you spend a few hours out walking in 100 degree heat. Listen, you need a little deodorant. Uh, back in those days, you could pick up people every once in a while and you didn't have to worry about, you know, worry about them. They just wanted a ride. Well, they were, they were more than willing to get in your car and let you foot the bill for it. They were more than willing to get in the car and ride in the air conditioner that you paid for, that you took care of, and, and, and reap the benefits of your hard work. Well, there's a lot of Christians just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, preacher. Uh, they're willing to let other people do the work, other people to give the money, other people to do everything else, and they're more than willing to come and hitchhike, spiritually speaking, on the work of other people. That's what these men were doing to these girls. But here's uh, Moses. He stood up and he helped them. And, 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 and they came back. And, and when they, you know, when they finally, uh, when he stood up for them that day, they got through a whole lot quicker. Well, it's, ama- it's amazing how quick you get done when you don't have to do something twice. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. But we need people today with some Bible conviction who will stand against the evil and the evil things that people do these days. Amen. But when we do, watch, we need to be consistent about it. Now think about this. Moses had already tried to help once and he was condemned for it. And there's a lot of people then and now that after the first failed attempt at something... You know, they, they try to help someone, and it doesn't go good. They, they make the decision, well, I'm not ever going to do that again. I'm not going to make, the, the, make the, the decision or make the same mistake again to try to help somebody because, man, they don't appreciate it. It just didn't do, they just didn't treat me right when I was trying to help them do the right thing. No, wait a minute. Be careful about that. Amen. Listen, if we're going to help, listen, don't give up. Uh, there's an old song that used to sing years ago that said, don't give up on the brink of your miracle. We have a tendency to give up way too soon. Just when God is about to bless you with something and just when we're about to, we tried to help somebody as Moses, <coughs> pardon me, and it doesn't go good, we, uh, we want to quit and we just want to give it up. Well, listen, Moses didn't do that. He could have. Yeah. He could have stopped. He could have seen this injustice going on with these young ladies and out there trying to, uh, to work and help their father with their sheep. He could have seen that and he could have thought, you know what, man, I know how this is going to turn out. I tried to help once and it didn't. Listen, he was doing it the wrong way. Right, right. He was doing it in the flesh. Yeah. But now he's doing something the right way. One commentator tells us Moses could have said something like this. As long as I live, <clears throat> I'll never in another Uh, I will never get involved in another person's quarrel or fight. When they fight, I'll let them do as they please. I'll shut my eyes in the presence of wrong. And from this day forward, when righteousness is going to the wall, I shall hold my peace. You know what? We see it every day. Businesses close their eyes while somebody picks up something and just walks out the door with it. Amen. Amen. 
I went into Home Depot, me and my wife, the other day, and, and I went back to the electrical part, or no, it might have been me and Brother Wu Jin, and, and we had to get some wire, some Romex for some lights and stuff. Thank you, Brother Marco. We had to get some Romex for uh, some <clears throat> lights and, and it, for the church. And when we went in there, I'm telling you, they got everything locked up like Fort Knox. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking around, and there's an older gentleman standing there, works there, and I said, man, that's a shame. <clears throat> I said, you got to keep everything under lock and key. He said, I'm telling you, he said, people will come in, and they'll grab something, and they'll just walk right out the door with it. And he said, and nobody says a word. And I thought, how sad. But listen, they're doing it in, 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 our, in states all across the U.S., well, if you don't steal over $100, you know, ah, it's okay. Right, right, right. Man, listen, if I didn't have a conscience and I lived in that state, I could do pretty good in a day. Yeah. I could go get me of several hundred dollars worth of groceries. Right. Man, well, I need, a, I need a gallon of milk and some cereal or something for breakfast, and I'll go in and, you know, get me a bag, about $50 worth. I'll put it in there, and I'll just walk right out. And then when I get it out to the car, I'll drive to the store down the street. And then I'll think, well, I want some, you know, I think a good hamburger will do good today, you know, for lunch. And I'll walk in there and I'll give me some hamburger meat and I'll go ahead and grab me some, some uh, hamburger buns and some pickle relish or whatever, put it in a bag and walk right out because it's under $100 and nobody's going to do a thing. Listen, we live in a day where that's happening everywhere, right down here. I was talking to someone else, and they said, you know, and they said, yeah, it happens. He said, businesses are so paranoid of being sued. When they see somebody stealing, he said, employees will just simply customer service them to death. And I said, what? What do you mean by that? He said, well, they'll... They'll start, they know that this person is in there to steal something, and they'll just go out and say, hey, can I help you with something? Yeah, oh, no, we don't have any of that here. And they, they'll walk off, and they'll just follow them down this aisle, and they'll say, oh, well, what can I do for you here? You need something on this aisle. And he said they will follow them all over the store until they realize that they haven't stole, or they can't steal anything, and then they'll just leave. So they customer service them to death. Listen, you know what we need? I told that one gentleman, I said, you know, I, I would be glad to stand up here by the door with a big stick. And he said, well, if you'll stand on one side, I'll stand on the other, and we'll take, and he said, we'll take care of theft, you know, and I thought, that's exactly what needs to take place. Listen, uh, years ago, they, if, if you got caught in Scripture, if you got caught stealing something, you know what they'll do? Cut your hand off. There was a missionary. Well, I won't tell you that. But I'm telling you, there ought to be a consequence to wrongdoing. Moses stood up and did the right thing. Uh, He didn't act that way. Listen, when he uh, saw these shepherd girls being mistreated, watch this, but, but he stood up and helped them. He didn't just sit there. And the devil likes to discourage us as much as possible in our service for the Lord. And he tries to, even though we see a place where there's need, there needs to be help, listen, and there's people around that can do it and help. But you know what they do? They sit. 
Listen, but God help us. Look, look. What, what's that say? It says stay the course. Stay the course. Listen, if you've helped someone and it didn't turn out, then wait a minute. Stay the course. Uh, do, do it again. And, and listen, uh, eventually somebody's going to appreciate it. Just like that lady that came today. Amen. She said, I've been looking for a church for a while. And somebody came by yesterday and put something on. Listen, it paid off. Listen, we could have come to that place and thought, man, you know, we've been doing this for months and we haven't seen any result from it and we could have just quit. But there was somebody that stayed the course and kept doing the right thing. We're obligated to duty regardless of how others respond to us. Moses was consistent. Look in verse 17 again. That word stood, it means he sprang to his feet. He was prompt. Um, you know, there was an inner compulsion to help and to help immediately. You know, sometimes we see people that need some help and it's like, oh man, look at that. They need help. Yep. I think somebody's going to need to open that door for them. I think somebody's going to need to help them carry that. I I mean, yeah, amen. Don't you think somebody needs to help them? I I know, right? I'm telling you. I think somebody ought to go, listen, look at that. Their hands are full. Somebody ought to go open that. Don't you think they need to open that door? Three to one, they drop that. I know, that's right. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Listen, as a church and as born-again children of God, we ought to be, listen, at that place where we spring to our feet when somebody needs some help. Notice he had courage. <coughs> Pardon me. We need to be careful here because a lot of Christians lost their courage. Moses was outnumbered. <coughs> Excuse me, throat tightened up. Moses was outnumbered. <coughs> Pardon me, I can't get rid of that. I think you need some help. <coughs> yes. <coughs> I hate that. <laughs> too much screaming. Too much singing. He was outnumbered, but it didn't stop him. You ever get out, get in a place where you're outnumbered? And you know somebody needs some help? <clears throat> Maybe it's just in a verbal debate. And you see somebody... You know, the, the sharks, there's blood in the water, spiritually speaking. Somebody trying to stand up for what's right. And you see them over here and they're struggling, <clears throat> trying to do the right thing and say the right thing. And a Christian stands off over here, same thing. Man alive. Wow. I don't want to get involved in that argument. I mean, I mean, it's like seven against one. <clears throat> and I don't really know that much about the topics that you know but I think they'll be okay listen you don't have to be a scholar to stand up for the right thing and when it comes to even comes to theology you just got to know what's right he had courage and he stood up uh, and helped these shepherd girls they were bullies uh, listen they were bullies I hate a bully and y'all, I mean, 
when you grow up in high school and you're less than five feet tall, and uh, you know you're not very big, uh, you get bullied. I can remember uh, when when we were in high school, we used to have to when it was football season, we had to make these big uh, poster things. You, you know, with the big uh, what do you call that big poster board stuff, and you get this. Is that what you call it, poster board? <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to, if we were playing the, the Hawks, you know, it would be uh, beat the Hawks or something. And, I mean, you'd put this big on a big sign, and then you'd put a string on it, and you'd wear it on your back. And then the, the varsity football players would come around and, and sign it, you know. And, and everybody did it except the football players. Well, I wasn't wearing no stupid sign. I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. To put a sign on your back, you know, and then and have somebody come. What, what was all that? Well, I wasn't going to sign it, or I wasn't going to wear one. I never wore one. And I had a big old football player. I still remember his name. <clears throat> I was a sophomore, and, and he was probably about 6'4", go about 260, and his name was L.D. Green. <clears throat> I, I mean, he was, a, he was a good football player. And he came by one day, and I'm sitting in my desk. He said, where's your sign? And all the time he's talking to me, he's standing on my foot. (laughs) And I looked up at him, and I said, I ain't got a sign. And I ain't wearing one either. And he just took his foot, and he went. And I didn't wince. I just looked him in the eye and went on about, I wasn't going to give him the pleasure of knowing that my foot, I felt like was about to snap off underneath his. But bullies, listen, I still hate bullies to this day. Listen, these guys were bullies, but there's also a lot of uh, spiritual bullies. There's a lot of bullies that stand in pulpits just like this one. Pastors who bully their people. Listen, I... I've asked God, oh, this, this place is not for a, a soapbox. It's not a place to browbeat people with. Amen. It's not a place to beat people up with the Word of God. Right. Now listen, if the preacher stands up here and preaches the Word of God, and, and sometimes it gets a little pointed, listen, it, there's a whole lot of difference in it when he's preaching it uh, in the power of the Spirit of God than when he's up here uh, taking the Word of God and beating people up with it. Listen, there's a lot of preachers that beat up their people with the Word of God. Spiritual bullies. Moses was different. Listen, these bullies got up to him, and they, listen, uh, evidently they couldn't push him around. Evidently they were used to dealing with people they could push around. Listen, you know what? When the devil comes up to me and you, I want you to understand he is a bully, a spiritual bully. He will try to bully you as a child of God. He will try to tell you things that I preached about this morning. He'll try to push you around. Listen, when you try to stand up for what's right, he will literally, in a spiritual way, stand on your foot and he will grind in. Listen, but I want you to know, listen, we can look him in the eye, in the power of the Spirit of Almighty God, and you can tell him, I am not doing it. Listen, God, help us to be able to stand with courage and do the right thing and stand up for what's right and stand up for people in their hour of need and help them. Joshua 1.9 said, Be strong 
and of good courage. And I'm here to let you know that, listen, we can overcome. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I understand, at least I hope I understand, that there's one head, and that's Jesus Christ. He's our spiritual leader. He's our spiritual advisor. And when it comes to things like that, we need to listen to him. But all saints need to be strong and of good courage if we're going to live in a victorious manner. Listen, Moses stood. He sprang to his feet, and he had courage. Look, <clears throat> I want you to notice if you look over in Acts chapter 7, verse 22. Mo, uh, uh, Acts chapter 7 and verse 22. It gives us a little something else about Moses' character. It tells us that Moses was mighty in words and in deeds. <clears throat> in other words, watch this. He had the, bil- the ability to help. He had the ability to help others, and he did it. A lot of people today have the ability to help. <clears throat> they have the ability to be a blessing, and they just stand by. There's a lot of people that are willing to help with their hands, <clears throat> but not with their money. There's a lot of people willing to help with their money, but not with their hands. Moses had the ability to help these shepherd girls, and he used that ability to stop an injustice. And and listen, I want to encourage you. If God has given you the ability to help someone in whatever way, help them. Be a blessing to them. Listen, you can't outgive God. Uh, Brother Hatch, a long time ago, he said something to me, and and uh, when I, I, somebody needed some help, and so, I mean, years ago, and I, I helped them, but I helped them through the church. And I, he said, hey, what'd you do for them? I said, man, the church, uh, the church did this and this for them. He said, well, why didn't you help them? Maybe God wanted to give you the blessing. And I said, well, and I thought, yeah, you're right. You know, because sometimes it's easier to do it this way than it is to do it in a personal way. Listen, God wants sometimes to bless you individually, but you're going to have to be a blessing as an individual. You're going to have to be a giver as an individual. That's what Moses was. He helped. He had the ability to help, and he did it. But helping these girls eventually, watch this, God blessed him, resulted in him getting a job and a place to live. Two things that he needed. I mean, he's out there in the desert, he still got his Egyptian clothes on. They said, and, and their dad said, listen, why, how you, why are you back so early? And they said, well, this Egyptian guy helped us out. Listen, watch. I mean, and, and, they, and the dad said, well, where is he? Right. Well, we left him out yonder. <laughs> well, where was he? Well, he's still probably out there sitting under a tree. Uh, he's still out there, you know, just uh, he, he don't have a place to go. And, that, and so their father said, well, you go get them. Listen, he said, I want you to go get them so that we can help them. Now watch this. The, the best way sometimes to get help with yourself and help with your problems is to help somebody else. That's what Moses did. Think about Joseph. He had troubles. He had problems. He was slandered, put in prison. But while he's in prison, he just didn't sit down there and just, you know, just waste the time away. What did he do? Well, he helped the butler and the baker. And God began to use him. Uh, sometimes when we're having problems, don't, do we not uh, often just think, man, I'm telling you, it is, I'm, it's so bad, uh, you know, and I'm just, uh, you know, woe is me, gloom, despair, and agony on me. 
You know the song? Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. You know, we begin to have our pity party. Listen, I'm having a pity party and you're not invited. <laughs> Moses could have done that, but he didn't. He, he helped. And as a result, just like Joseph, God began to bless. Look in verses 18 through 22. The girls had evidently not shown enough appreciation for Moses' help. <clears throat> and again, they were rebuked from their father. And so they said, they, they told them, you go get Moses that he might eat bread with them. Uh, in fact, Moses impressed their father enough for him to ask Moses to stay on. Now, when I thought about that, uh, and you look in verse 21, remember where Moses came from after 40 years. He'd been in the palace. Do you think he had to work very much while he was in there? Absolutely not. I bet his hands were just as smooth as smooth. Listen, one thing about a, a, a somebody's hands at work, they got some calluses on them. They're kind of rough. I bet Moses, I, I remember, a, 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 I don't know, some TV show once, and the guy goes, hey, uh, he, and the guy was talking about work, and he goes, hey, let me see your hands. He goes, nope, you ain't never worked a day in your life. Well, Moses hadn't, but that didn't mean he didn't know how to work because evidently he did because he made a good hand for Moses. Now watch this. Up until this point, he'd been there, but if you look in verse 21, you see that word content. It carries the idea of determination. In other words, Moses is going to make a go of his circumstances. He's, he, I mean, he, he's a hard worker evidently because of the verse 21 says that the father gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter, now listen, I'm telling you, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I, I'm, I don't want my uh, kids to wind up with somebody that's lazy. Yeah, amen. Yeah. amen? I'm telling you, but in Zipporah, can, or can you imagine uh, uh, Zipporah, she's sitting over here, she's watching Moses and all that, but the dad's watching Moses, and he's like, man, this guy, he is a hard worker. Mo, Zipporah, that guy make a good mate for you. And so he gave Zipporah to Moses to be his wife. But I believe like Joseph before him, I believe Moses behaved well in a strange land. Now think about this. I'm, I'm almost done. <clears throat> the fact that he was away from home didn't cause him to misbehave. You know, so much today when uh, kids, our kids, my kids, your kids, everybody else's kids, if we're not careful, adults... When we go on vacation, amen, when we get away from home, if we're not careful, we have a tendency to not act the same way. Well, Moses didn't do that. If you, We see in verse 22 that Moses' character grew while he was in a strange land, and he, he did not become unrestrained in his conduct, but he behaved himself wisely. You say, well, what makes you think that? Well, notice in, it, there in these verses you see where he names his firstborn son Gershom. The name Gershom means stranger, alien, or sojourner. Moses named his son Gershom because he himself was a stranger in a strange land. Now watch this. He's an alien. He's a sojourner in a land that was not his. He said in verse 22, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And I, listen, watch this. I don't believe Moses is referring to Midian. 
or to Egypt. Watch this. Moses was not an Egyptian. Moses could only be referring to the promised land, to the covenant of Almighty God, the land of Canaan. He's saying, I'm a stranger in a strange land. He's thinking about going and taking up the covenant of Almighty God and, and reaping the promise of God. Listen, so he's, he's letting them know, and he's named his son Gershom because he knows he's not in the place where God wants him to be. But notice in verse 23, the last few verses kind of gives us the idea of what's going on of the preparation being made for Moses, it tells us that the king of Egypt died. Now, this was the guy, remember back in verse 15, who tried to kill him, or wanted to kill him. And it's important to watch this, that, that this guy is out of the way in order for Moses to go back. God has a way of working things around to where he gets his way. Amen. Always. Now, this new king is not going to be his friend. You're going to see that later. But he's not going to try to kill him either. God prepares a way in advance. There's been a lot of times, and, and you can talk to Bible college students where there's been a need, and they've, been, they've prayed, got out on their knees in a day, and I've done this. I've got on my knees before and said, God, there's, I, we've got a need, and we're going to need some help financially. And, and then we go to the mailbox that day, and, then, and there's a check in there for money. But you got to realize, watch this, that that check's been in the mail for about four days. Yeah. Amen. Uh, God didn't just all of a sudden stick it over there and you no, wait a minute. God's prepared a way. Right. Yeah. He, he knew that you had this need. And, and, and listen, he had it. It was already in the works before you ever got on your knees to pray. It take, listen, and snail mail today takes a while. You know, not always do you have a PayPal or Venmo or whatever else you do. Listen, but I want you to know that God prepares a way in advance before the need ever arises. He's got, he got the words already made out. And he did the same thing for Moses. Look in verse 23. And the children of Israel are getting ready. Uh, notice what it says. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the, here it is and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up to God by reason of bondage listen Moses already tried to, to, to help them didn't work out too good you know you cannot deliver a people who don't want to be delivered and you can't lead a person to, you know, you can't lead a lost person to Christ until they are ready to get saved. Listen, there's between verse 22 and verse 23, 40 years pass. When you get to verse 23, it seems now kind of strange that the Israelites, listen, they're not ready in verse 22. But they're ready in verse 23 to be delivered. Um, and it seems strange as well that those in need don't always see their need as quick as others might see it. You remember if you look in John chapter 5. Turn over there. John chapter 5 and verse 6. And I'll show you this and we'll stop. John chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been 
Now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now watch. Lost people say they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want to get saved either. People want to have a relationship with God and with the church, but they don't want to repent either. They don't want to change the way they live. Watch this. Israel had had to be ready for deliverance before they could be delivered. And verse 22 says they were getting ready for deliverance because if you look, it says their burdens were becoming too heavy. And then in verse 24, it says God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant. And then verse 25, look what it says. God had respect unto them. That, word, that phrase means that God's getting ready to take action. God's now, he, he's, he's ready for the emancipation of Israel. So he starts moving things. And, and then chapter 3 shows God's action in calling Moses to lead his people. But they weren't ready until you get to verse 23. Listen, sometimes we need help, but we don't recognize it. Sometimes we need help. Other people can see it. Listen, have you ever watched your kids headed for trouble? And you see it as a parent. You see it because you've been there, done that. And you tell them, listen, you, you, you don't do that. If you do that, you're headed for trouble. If you do that, listen, God's going to judge you for it. If you do that, you're going to pay. And you know what they do? Well, I want you to know there's a lot of times I stand right here. And I watch people, spiritually speaking. And I can see. Listen, God gives you discernment. And I can see people. I can watch their spiritual life. And I can see, listen, hey. And I say, be be careful. I try to warn folks and say, listen, come on. You got to get back right with God. You got to have a relationship with him. You're headed for trouble. You can't do that. Please listen, and I beg him. I said, listen, God says uh, to come back. Even David got in trouble, and he said, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He realized what he had lost, but it cost him dearly. It cost Israel, but they didn't recognize it until you get to chapter 3. Well, when you go back to chapter 5 of John, and the Lord says, Wilt thou be made whole? You see, the Lord himself was asking that man, are you ready to be delivered? Do you want to be delivered? Because that man had to be ready and willing and wanting to allow God to help him if God was going to help him. Well, listen, if God's going to help you today, the same question is to you and me. Wilt thou be made whole? You see, you got to make that choice. You have to make that decision. And only you can make it. Listen, we sing the song in the invitation. I've wandered far away from God. Now, all right, well, come home. If there's something in your life, just like we talked about this morning, listen, then you ought to come. So the question still remains, wilt thou be made whole? Father, help us. God, speak to our hearts. And I pray, dear Lord.